0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Alphabetical Fugazi, the only podcast that devotes an episode each to discussing every song in the band's catalog from Fuga-A to Fugazi. I'm your host, Ian James Wright, and joining me today to discuss Fell Destroyed from 1995's Red Medicine is Sam Noble, admin of the Facebook group called This Is Not a Fugazi Appreciation Group, formerly This Is Not a Fugazi Appreciation Society. Uh, Welcome, Sam. How's it going?
1: Uh, yeah, very well. Thank you. How are you, Ian?
0: I'm very good, thanks. Uh, you're a co-admin of of the aforementioned Facebook group, along with Jared Coffin, who yes. uh, who I have had on the show already to talk about Cassavetes.
1: Yeah. How did you get involved with uh, adminning the group? Do you know what? I, in a way, I almost, I kind of almost can't really remember. I think I've been a, I've been a member of the group for uh, probably about two years, probably. And uh, and this is when the group was very um, was still relatively quiet. The, the membership was still quite low, and uh, I took it upon myself to be like the the, the sort of pun guy. Whenever Jared, the the co admin, would um would uh he would always put a notice up uh, advertising new members, and he'd say, "Please welcome to the group this person." And I would always try and make a fagazi related pun out of that person's name. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> i have, I have um, a weakness
0: for puns myself i must confess
1: uh do you know i mean yeah ricky gervais once he described puns as being the lowest form of wit. he said sarcasm isn't puns are and i'm kind of with him to a degree but yeah a good fergazi related pun i think you can't really go wrong it's such a niche kind of thing that if you can you know make a good pun out of it then then why not um and i just think yeah it was just i guess i just had a pretty loud mouth in that group i suppose, and. Um, and uh, Jared and I kind of became friends and uh, it started off being, I was just, um, a mo- it, uh, because the group itself is actually run, it's set up by a guy called the, the elusive Jeremy Zarin. So he's a man that I've never had any, I've never spoken to him, but it's actually his group. Um, and eventually he, and he asked Jared to become an admin and then Jared asked me to become a moderator and then eventually he asked me to become an admin as well.
0: Well, as I said on the episode with Jared, uh, it's it's a great place to go if you have anything uh, Fugazi-related to post about. I like to go there every once in a while if I run across some strange piece of trivia or, like, gear-related stuff. I like to go and ask the members. A lot of them are very knowledgeable about the band. And um, I did want to say, <laughs> just the other day, for some reason, I happened to look at the rules on the sidebar, and there's a rule that says, like, absolutely no selfies, and I myself... Uh, I posted a selfie, uh, like a couple months ago, maybe wearing a Fort Reno shirt. So I'd like to formally apologize. I, I had no idea that I was skirting the rules. And, well, I
1: didn't. I was clearly not. I was not paying attention that day. Yeah, I'd
0: like to thank um, you for not banning me. Uh, that's very well. Kind I of you. think
1: I think maybe a retroactive banning. I think you should maybe um, maybe you should leave the group. Do you know what? I actually didn't. I didn't even know that was a rule the, For me, the only rule <laughs> within that group, the, the only rule that bothers me. Um, is when people ask to join and you have to have you have to answer a couple of uh, questions to answer the, to join the group and people don't answer the questions <laughs> and that's the, the kind of thing that really grinds my gears um, But other than that i've selfies and things I, 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 I could care less really it doesn 't bother me
0: yeah I, I wonder how that rule came about where like were Fugazi fans just coming to the group and uh, saying hey guys here's a picture of me
1: well, I don't know. I've never seen people posting <laughs> selfies in there, but... Um, yeah, cu- maybe but it's a curious artifact of a time gone yeah. by. When, when it might be happen. a hangover from, um, yeah, from, you know, when Jeremy's, you know, reign of terror. Um, I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Jeremy, I'm only joking. Um, yeah, so, no, I'm um,
0: sure. so, Sam, do you want to tell me a little about how you got started with listening to Fugazi and being a fan, um, how they came into your
1: life? Yeah. I mean, oh, it's, it's so strange. Like I was thinking about this earlier. It's like, I, the, I think the, the first you record I bought when it came out was in on, in on the Killtaker. And I had to check the date of that earlier on. And that came out in 1993. That's correct. Uh, when I was, what was I then? 14, 15 something? And now it's I'm 41, about to turn 42. It's 2020, and I'm still talking about forgotten. <laughs> still talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's a very it's a profound connection uh, to a band that I, I guess I just don't, I just haven't had with anything else. And I think, uh, and I was trying to think, you know, it's been so long. Uh, I was trying to think of like how I got into them, and I think it really boils down to um, my sister, my my I have two older sisters, Beth and Amy and uh amy who's the, the, my, the my sister who's uh closest to me in age um i think that when we were in school we were in school together all three of us were in school at the same time actually and um she was dating a guy called luke um who was uh someone that was kind of um who was kind of into that kind of music and i think because t- the, the the two of them were dating and I think as is the way, when you're a teenager, you tend to kind of absorb the personalities and, and likes and all the things of the person you're with, certainly when you're at that age. And I think that um, I think I got a lot of music kind of trickled down uh, from him via my sister, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that there was a, a couple of, like, because before, for me anyway, before Fugazi, uh, my first love was uh, mud honey. Actually, of all people, it was mud honey and Jane, uh, Jared and I share this actually. Mud honey and Jane's addiction were like really, really huge for us. And at some point, I got into. Uh, I, I think as well because my sister was like very, like very fiercely protective of like the stuff that she was into, like with the kind of um, an aggression that that kind of. Um, <laughs> was, yeah, very con- kind of confusing. Um, it's not
0: as cool and, if your little brother likes it, right?
1: No, I, I, I suppose that's the only uh, thing I can, yeah, that's the only reason I can, I, I can think of, is the fact that she didn't want her, you know, her kid brother kind of latching onto the things that her and her and her friends were into. Um, but I remember I would say things to her, like I would read in the anime like, you know, uh, oh, for example, oh, Pop will eat itself. This, this band Pop will eat itself are playing. You should go and see Pop will eat itself. And she would just, like, tear my face off. Uh, you know even even daring to suggest something like that um but i think yeah i think via her and her boyfriend and their kind of group of friends i think i got in like i said i got some music that kind of trickled down to me through them um and i think um at some point i think minor threat kind of became the thing i was into minor threat way before i was into fugazi um and then at some point i just made the switch and i was like okay um I think I bought bought the first EP and I bought Margin Walker at the same time. Um, And I don't really know what the crossover point was. I don't know what it was that kind of drew me to it. But I remember being very aware that Fugazi was Ian from Minor Threats, kind of new band. Um, And I kind of was like, all right, well, I guess I'll, I'll try this, see how I get on with it. And like I said, 27 years later, Still talking about it, so I guess the yeah, I guess it made an impact on me. So, but I think yeah, the long and short of it, I think yeah, as is so often the way, I think it was a sibling, a sibling that kind of got me into the, uh, that got me there. I think yeah.
0: And as you grew up, did you have a chance to see them live when they came to England? Mm.
1: Yeah, not the not the really early stuff, like not the really early tours. I would have. I think the first tour I saw was uh, must have been. Oh man, I can't remember. It was, I think, it was ninety. It was the year that I left school, so it would have been nineteen ninety five, which I think would have been the Red Medicine tour. I think. So I remember them playing songs from Red Medicine.
0: Yeah, I guess um, it's. Uh, I guess they were they were playing, Red Medicine songs shortly before uh, the album came out too. But um, but yeah, ninety five is is the the year yeah. of this album.
1: Yeah. Totally. Um, and I remember the I remember the uh, Brixton Academy, which is a, a really I don't know if you have ever heard of that, a really big room, big um, big room in London and they played there. and I the first time I'd seen them and never just it, it, it's so hard to explain as well to like in terms of like pre, a pre-internet age where you couldn't get information about any of these bands or any of these people like you couldn't even you couldn't open a computer and look at a picture. Um, so to be in that room and see all of them walking out on stage and I will never, I will never forget, uh, watching, seeing Ian Mackay walk out on stage for that first time and being like, my God, like this guy's real. <laughs> and he's, and he's standing like right in front of me. He's like 10 feet away from me. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely
0: true. Like I, I wonder, I don't, I don't know. I guess you can't experience the same uh, two different things in your life but yeah to, to grow up in a world where you have access to everything through the internet and like mm, you can see pictures yeah. and videos of anybody famous in the world like on demand I I don't know if if uh quote-unquote kids these days uh can appreciate how amazing it felt to see one of your idols uh in person after listening to their music or whatever for so long right
1: yeah yeah totally I think the only thing the only kind of moving images I had of, of, of Ian Mackay would have been that um that minor threat, that live video, the one that they did, the, the one that Discord put out, yeah. Um and that was the only kind of evidence I had that he that he was actually a living, breathing person. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not as uh, if they had uh, music videos on MTV, MTV or no, whatever. No,
1: no, no, no. So there was there was no media. There was nothing. Even like like I was saying about Jane's Addiction earlier. Like even with them, who I would you know would say at the time were like you know pretty, you know I, really quite a big band, like bigger than much bigger than the were. Um, even that was like, you might get the occasional thing in a music magazine, like a music paper. Um, but generally there was nothing out. There was no books. There was just nothing. There was nothing. So to see these people in real life for the first time was just, it was really like for a young kid. Like I said, I would have been about 14 or 15. And it was just really mind blowing to be like, oh my God, like these people exist. Like they are there. There's Ian McKay. There's Guy standing over there.
0: And then who could have predicted at the time that uh, eventually we would be seeing way too much of Dave Navarro in the uh, reality oh, shows and crap?
1: Yeah. I've not seen a lot of that. I've just, ugh, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what's happened to their band. They've just gone from being this kind of real. I mean, another Facebook group about them, and people post pictures of them all the time. And it's like, and you see you see what they all look like now, and Perry Farrell's <laughs> had loads of, like, he's had loads of plastic surgery. Oh, no, and, really? Yeah, like, all the things that made him really kind of beguiling and really interesting, like, he's, he had these, like, his front teeth were crooked, um, and he's, you know, he's, 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 he's had these teeth fixed, he's had his nose fixed, he's obviously had, uh, like, Botox and stuff, and you're like, oh, my God, like, he used to celebrate himself for being kind of freaky, and now he just looks like, you know the way Joan Rivers... <laughs> just had so much. Yeah. She, she had so much surgery that she just didn't look real uh, after a point, and he keeps kind of going that way now. Um, it's a real <laughs> shame. It's a real shame. I think. But...
0: Oh, oh, Perry. Uh, well. Oh yeah, totally. You
1: totally. made some
0: made some great music though, buddy. Uh, so. We'll can't argue with
1: that. I can't <laughs> argue with that. You know, like James Addiction still play. They still play in my house. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, but yeah, they're still they're playing. I guess because that. Um, Richard Allovich just turned 30 years old uh, a couple of days, what about a week ago I think wow um and yeah we put that on as a little tribute to that so yeah they still play they're still on very fairly, fairly regular rotation in, in in our house at least they're still a great band those early records can't tu- you cannot touch them <laughs> cannot touch them
0: I I am on board
1: with that big
0: fan yeah big
1: fan. Right. well funny cuz you mentioned, I uh, I listened to the buy you episode the other day and yeah. I think, I think you were saying about you were saying about how Joe's bass bassline in that reminded you of Mountain Song. Yeah, you agree? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I suppose so. I'd, I've not ever really put the two—not it's kind of ever sort of A B the two, but um, yeah, no, there's definitely a hint of it there. I think yeah, it's got the same kind of lilty kind of swing to it. I suppose, I guess, <laughs> very, very, very different songs, but uh...
0: yeah, there's there's like some similarity right down at the foundation of them, but uh, they definitely Ooh. go in very different places.
1: Very much made by very different people as well, <laughs> very different musicians. There,
0: so the song we're talking about today is Fell Destroyed, and yes, it is. So, uh, by way of introduction, uh, I just have to point out this is a very special Fugazi song, being the only Fugazi song with a comma in the title. So, that oh, was
1: um... it, really? Oh, I had no, I never noticed that.
0: <laughs> that's right, that's right. Uh, so there's there's a little bit of a of a rarity to it, right there. Um, oh, okay, and, that's uh, interesting. There are other ways that I'd also say it's a little bit distinctive, but uh, I'd really like to to throw it to you first and uh, see what what you would like to say first about "Fell Destroyed."
1: Wow, where'd you start? Where'd you start with? I guess with what you could kind of term as being like the closest thing to a favorite for song. Like for me, I think it's probably definitely it's got to be top five. I think. Wow. Um, and it's just, a, I just think it's a remarkable piece of music. And I think it's really strange for a long, long time. Uh, I must've heard that song thousands of times um, and know it inside and out. But for some reason, I don't know why I always thought it was Joe Lally singing it, but of course it's not it's Gee, And it was only relatively recently where I was just, again, something kind of clicked where I was like, well, why did I think Joe was singing this? It's quite clearly a Gee song. Um, but I just, yeah, like I, said, I just think it's a remarkable, it's just a remarkable piece of music. And I wrote, uh, I was just thinking about it earlier. And, like, I think there's something, I don't, it's just the way it sounds, the way all the instruments move around each other, certainly in the choruses, um, the song kind of, <laughs> and I don't know if, I don't know if this is a weird thing to say or not, but, like, the parts, and like I said, the instruments, the way they move, it's, it has a very, very kind of natural, like, quite wooden sound in as much as, like, it all sounds like all... I don't know how to explain it, but, like, I got have made my notes here. It's like, the song sounds like wooden parts moving, like wooden cams and rods and gears all moving around, in the choruses, all moving around, like, it. it, it Around each other. Huh. And I think it's partly partly of what Ian Ian is doing when he's playing the 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 over the nut of the guitar, he's getting that funny plinky plunky sound. Yeah. And the way the, the way the bass is moving and the way the gears. It just has a kind of way, it just everything just kind of moves around each other in this really peculiar way, really interesting way. And it always makes me think, like I said, if you open up a, a bonnet or, or a you know something and you look looked at the machinery inside. And it was everything was made of wood and seeing all these parts moving together. That's, that's what I think about. That's the, the imagery I have in my head when I hear that song.
0: To the Americans and listening, I, just, I believe that's what we call the hood of a car.
1: Hood. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, <laughs>
0: hood. Just that's, um, it, it's funny. Cause like, I, I'm aware of a lot of these like uh, British slash American terms, uh, just like brief tangent. I, I was like, I worked uh, as a sort of editor uh, with uh, a sort of team of, of writers we had this girl. I, I think she was Irish, but uh, she was a great writer. But she would occasionally write stuff, uh, use phrases that were so British that no American would understand them. So oh, really, no fault of her own. But but I would have to be like, yeah, I, y- we we have to change this. She would say, for example, oh, wow. the phrase "on the hob," which is like on the stovetop to an American.
1: Oh well, like cooking. Yeah,
0: right. And and I was like, uh, that's that's not something we say. We can't 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 have that uh, out to our audience.
1: Yeah, I guess what do you call them there, like burn, like burners or something, or like yeah,
0: um, stove burners, just stove top the range, maybe.
1: So, yeah, um, yeah, right, yeah, the hob. Yeah, I don't know why it's the hob. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's a really interesting observation, like a a, a giant machine made of wooden parts. Um, I'll have to think on that.
1: Yeah, it's that's just what I get. That's just that's just what I get from like from that from hearing it so many times. And like I said, only in the choruses, I think really, it's just something about the way the air moves. In the way that all the all the parts of that song move together, I think there's just that's what it makes you think. Well,
0: that. I was thinking so the very beginning of the song, the, almost the first thing I'd noted down about just the sonic qualities of it was at the beginning where it's there, there are these heavy notes, bum bum. It it sounds like the tolling of some gigantic bell in a um in a in a giant clock tower or something like that, it, like okay you know what i mean like it has this i think so yeah it's 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 metal but also like it's the kind of thing that like yeah you could imagine in a giant machine of some kind made of made of metal and wood there's this like a giant Mm. grandfather clock tolling in the beginning yes
1: yeah that's nice that's that's a nice way to look at it yeah a big grandfather clock
0: the way the song moves is interesting to look at and the way that the sounds function in there. It it is a it's a sort of singular one. I was listening to so in the verse of the song, there are a lot of things that don't sound like other Fugazi songs. You know, there there's no central sort of chugging rhythm guitar mm. playing chords. No, um, it's like no. two guitars each playing sort of arpeggiated and clean, like it's not distorted.
1: Yeah, no, right. Quite intricate, kind yeah. of quite delicate. As the bass um.
0: moves along, it it was the more I listened to it, I was like, you know, this is almost like a little bit like a slow Smith's song or something. Uh, in Okay. In yeah. Way. I can
1: sort of see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can see Obviously
0: that. Obviously no, I think it's no chorus effect or, or whatever, but
1: no, no, no Morrissey. Thank God. But, um, <laughs> um, I, um, um, yeah i think it's it's quite unlike um it's like uh, quite unlike any other fugazi song i think it's very singular in in what it is and what it does like i don't think that even in some of the later some of the later records i don't think they have um, anything that even really sounds like that but like i think it also yeah like you said it doesn't have any of the um the what i guess you could describe as the trademarks like the trademark sounds like ian's not really doing a lot on the guitar like he's normally he has a kind of little bag of tricks i think when he's playing guitar like he does you know pick slides and he does the crazy bends with his guitar and does harmonic squeeze you know all of those things and there's none of that in this it's very very clean and very kind of um tight and precise and rhythmic yeah. which i think is what i mean about you know it sounds like moving parts all together although that is I true i can't get away i can't get away from yeah. that imagery for some reason
0: that is true you mentioned before that in the um i, I guess we're calling it the chorus i'm not even sure uh, but but the part where Guy is singing ring the alarm etc um, mm. yeah that, that little sort that of a chorus, yeah. squeaky high rhythm sound that is ian uh, plucking his plucking his strings behind the nut of the guitar so it's these yeah. Like the very yeah. short length of the string, you can see them do it live, which yeah. is the only reason I really know what that sound is.
1: Well, yeah. Funny enough, I was talking about seeing them the first first time I ever saw them was that show in, in Brixton, and I remember them playing this because I remember watching Ian do that, and he just le- leant right over and was playing. I don't even know what they I, I don't know what it, it's called that that length of string over the nut, but I remember um, yeah watching him do that. I mean, like, oh my god, like that's how he does that. And I think Ian Ian is kind of a master at, like, uh, really getting some very, very weird and, like, unique sounds out of his guitar.
0: Yeah, he's very creative that way.
1: Um, yeah. I know that he does, you know, his whole thing is, like, you know, limitation. Limitation forces me to be creative, yeah. which I can, I can understand that. Uh, but, yeah, seeing him do that and being like, oh, wow, like that. So that's how he does that. And it's such a simple trick. But it's just absolutely perfect for, for what the for what he's doing in that song. He couldn't do anything else. He could only do that. Sounds incredible sounds incredible. Yeah, there's something
0: about that part of the song too that I keep going back to the to the word drunk. Like that that part feels like drunk sounding to me. I'm not exactly no, sure really. why. Uh, uh it's yeah, I don't know, or or dreamy or something like that. But uh
1: Dream yeah, dreamy, dreamy I could I could go with. I could agree with you on dreamy, yeah, definitely. Um
0: uh, so sp- speaking of that part, since we're talking about that, uh, the lyrics. Do you know where the lyrics to uh, to that came from?
1: Uh, I do sort of, uh, in as much as I guess you know, like on the insert of the LP, at the bottom of the lyrics of this song, and it has. What does it say? With hang on, let me. actually have it in front of me. Let me just <laughs> let me have a look. So I, I anticipated this. Hang on, where are we? <laughs> Yeah, Respect to the Tenor Saw, right? Who's a, I guess, I don't know if he's a, a reggae. I think maybe, I don't I dare I say he may be a Jamaican reggae
0: Yeah, reggae, dance hall. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. And he had a song called Ring the Alarm, I think is what it's called, yes. which I guess is what, I think this song is kind of built around uh, some kind of idea of that, I think. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. So Ring the Alarm, uh, I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's an interesting listen for Fugazi fans out there. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the... It goes, ring the alarm. Another sound is dying, and this is right, a reference yeah. to the world of of dance hall uh, sound system battles, which I have okay I've read about this, but I only vaguely understand it. Um, yeah, like apparently they would have in Jamaica, like so, sound systems were collections of amplification equipment and uh, speakers and huge things that this like sort of dance hall crew would uh, would take control of and broadcast their sound like as a party but I guess they would have these sound clashes with rival sound systems the crowd would like decide which one was better uh, but I, I like I've read about okay. this in a couple different places but I have <laughs> I just have these the 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 vaguest understanding of how it actually works like do they do they politely take turns or is it just cacophony of noise uh, did did
1: <laughs> yeah is everyone is everyone is, yeah. yeah they are they kind of fight into the death everyone just turn up to eleven and, and whoever whoever's left
0: yeah wins. like is there a formal system know, for sure. when somebody loses or do they just uh, gracefully acknowledge that they have been bested I really I really don't know but yeah but yeah th- that line in that song no, another I, I, sound I, yeah. is dying refers to like a sound system dropping out of a, a of a competition
1: right, like this. Okay. So when you say sound system, I, I guess I take that to mean just like a PA system. So it's a bunch of guys with a PA blasting out, you know, insane kind of reggae, like heavy dub reggae.
0: Uh yeah, more or less. Stuff. I th- I, think, I take that. To <laughs> I think we could. Understand yeah, it's funny that way. actually
1: because because this this weekend, I guess this is the August Bank Holiday weekend, which is normally. Uh, I, I don't actually I get. I mean, I'm assuming it's off this year. It's the, the Notting Hill Carnival. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, no. which is um, in in West London. It's been going for like 50 years. It's a really like a real kind of tradition, I and mean, it happens every year. The Notting Hill Carnival, and it's uh, because it's a very um, like that part of West London is um, uh, has a large kind of Jamaican um, and sort of West Indian population. Population is that the right word? Sure. Um, yeah, and um, so yeah, the, the Notting Hill Carnival is just is kind of an event that runs over the bank holiday weekend, um, and all the all, you know the, all streets are closed, and it's just this big, huge, massive event. And uh, I I have lived in London, all you know, Greater London, my whole life, and I've have ne- never been to it, <laughs> so I can't I can't I can't claim any great um, you know expertise on it. But I think there's a lot of that happening. You have a lot of guys turning up with um you know, big PA rigs and it's just lots of like lots of reggae being blasted and lots of kind of dance mm-hmm. hall and um yeah that that's that that kind of that kind of affair I think happens over this weekend. Wow.
0: You know I've I've never heard of that. I I have heard of Notting Hill thanks to your countryman Hugh Grant, but uh <laughs>
1: that's <sighs> very about very different all. <laughs> very different things. Yeah. Very I mean, same place, very different uh yeah very different this, things. That's not
0: yeah. uh, featured in the movie this uh this carnival
1: I think it was, I think it was maybe the weekend after. I think they managed to, <laughs> yeah, they just skipped, they didn't feature it, unfortunately. I don't think Hugh Grant at the, uh, at the Notting Hill Carnival, I, no, I don't think. They, I, I
0: never uh, had a chance to see uh, it, but uh, okay.
1: Well, yeah, I've seen neither, actually, to be fair. I've not seen the <laughs> film or been, to the, or been to the carnival. But no, sorry, dear, that seems like a wild sort of sidestep. But yeah, no, that just made me think of that as a coincidence. That, um, yeah. Speaking of big you know big sound systems, that's yeah kind of what should be happening in London this weekend if it wasn't for covid and yeah <laughs> closing everything down, so
0: yeah, so that's um I mean it's a nice little example of quoting another song which uh I can't off the top of my head think of whether fugazi does that elsewhere um it's uh not
1: not kind of explicitly like they do here that that I can think of no yeah
0: it's uh so it's, it's a nice little Unless tip of the would, hat, uh, and something something yeah. different about the song.
1: Well, well, I suppose yeah. I mean, the only I guess the only other example I could think of would be the um, oh god, it's one of the I can't remember what it's called. One of the Repeater songs when they played it live, and Gee would bust out a little bit of um, the place I love by the Jam. He'd play that before. oh Which one was it? Um, the song about uh, my hands in the till. Um, oh, oh, two I beats off. Which, I can't remember. What it two beats off, yeah. And they would always preface that that song with a little snippet of that song by the Jam. And that's the only thing I can, the only time I can think of that they would really hmm. incorporate anything else, uh, <laughs> you know, anything other than their own kind of music into into um into their sound. Although Jared again once claimed that he uh, had seen or had heard them doing a cover of Phantom of the Opera.
0: Well, that's interesting. Don't
1: know. Don't know if that's true don't know if that's true he's a, he's he's probably the better person to ask but um yeah uh yeah that's just that's another strange notion but maybe yeah maybe it's true i've never heard that myself but.
0: uh yeah I'd, I'd like to hear his story about that yeah yeah something else i think is a bit singular here is the role of the bass guitar which standard practice for a bass guitar player is uh you You play the one, right? Uh, It's a yeah. If you're playing in common time, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You always play a note on the one. Uh, It's like it Mm -hmm. anchors the whole thing. Um, Joe does not do that in this song, which is really interesting. Like every every bar of the verse, the bass guitar starts on the two. Part of what gives it a different feel. It's like feels non-aggressive. It it's kind of kind of gives a little shimmy, a little dancey quality to the to the verse
1: yeah yeah a little bit woozy maybe yeah. it's kind of yeah yeah no i can see that it, de- it definitely yeah it definitely has that uh, uh, it definitely has that kind of feel to it yeah i didn't realize it was because of joe not playing on the one i'd have to with my uh, you know i'd have to go back and really listen to that I think.
0: yeah maybe that just adds to it because this is certainly not what i'd call like a dance song it's it's not that at mm. all but uh, it does have definitely not it does have that quality uh, uh, somehow even though even though it isn't. It's...
1: But you could uh, you could almost I, I could almost imagine a room full of people sort of dancing to that in a way I suppose yeah. like maybe possibly more than any other Fugazi song. I suppose it has a kind of roll a rolling kind of quality to it, which um, that's right. Yeah, which I can sort of imagine. Uh, you know, sort of. I'm not. I'm not a, a dancing man. <laughs> I'm not a dancing guy at all. So I, I. So I wouldn't. But I would imagine. You know, I could have picture other people kind of. Yeah, like you said, shimmying down to yeah. that. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I. I do like this song. Uh, the, one part that I that I guess is not great to me. It's a bit underwhelming. Is the part after that? That whole ring the alarm section, where it's like two notes, duh, duh, and then eight hits on the drums. <laughs> like right yeah that's that's a little bit weird uh i don't know it's it's seems like
1: i i you know i totally agree with you there like i think the brent i understand why he does it but brendan playing those weird snare rolls to bring everything back in again those are nice that, yeah yeah but he's also seems a bit that seems a bit out of place like i get it but you kind of i don't know it's just something strange about hearing just a snare drum on its own like that just always struck me as a bit old it kind of almost doesn't fit
0: those little snare rolls, by the way, a bit uh, a bit Motown. Basically, the same thing I pointed out in um, "Bed for the Scraping." That starts off with that classic uh-huh. Motown uh, snare fill, and and there's those are that's more or less the same thing he's playing to bring us back into the verses. Um, so I'm a I'm a fan of that.
1: Uh, that's interesting. No, I didn't. Yeah, I'd never. I guess I'd never tweak that. I know that you know Ian being a big J- uh, James Brown, you know, sort of Motown fan. I guess that would make sense. It all ties back to something else, doesn't it? So yeah, that would make sense. Um, let's see. And, and who, and who are we to question Brendan Canty as well? <laughs> oh no, no, sir. <laughs>
0: Certainly <laughs> nobody, uh, nobody of note. Um, what do
1: you think about the lyrics to this song, Sam? I do you know, what? I don't really know because I would never dare to, to try and suggest I could, I would know what he's writing about. Um, I guess the one thing that really jumps out at me because it's, I, it's just peculiar, and I may I may even possibly um, butcher the word, but where is it? And he uses the word he uses the word cop, uh, coprophagics. I think it is. Yeah, coprophagics. Which is, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Uh, which is, I guess, I mean, I guess it's meant you know in a medical kind of term, but it's to do with the consumption of excrement isn't yes, it? yes exactly <laughs> which i think is a very peculiar thing yeah uh to, I've, I've never heard that word in a, in a song ever
0: it's it's certainly the first term <laughs> the first time i ever heard the word and i,
1: I, I definitely yeah <laughs> i remember looking it up well, and being like okay oh that's what oh, that's what that means i suppose with key like he writes really great lyrics i mean i think you know historically he's I think, actually, you know, fairly untouchable in some of his writing, um, certainly with his lyrics, certainly with those Rites of Spring songs as well, where it's just like, you can't believe actually how young he was when he was writing these incredibly heartfelt and really, like, really profound lyrics. Um, And I think that there's definitely a theme with Guy across some of the Fugazi lyrics that he wrote, and in fact, it's in um, Forensic Scene, which is the song before this, uh, and some really peculiar imagery in that as well, when he talks about you know that go in and out just like a knife would, taxing the flesh and leaving cheap wounds and like i don't know if i can swear on the podcast but like fucked and fucking and those kinds of lines and then he then in this song he talks about you know what's the pronunciation coprophagics
0: i think it's a like a soft g like
1: phagic oh phagic okay coprophagic yeah when i guess that just struck me it's been oh wow like he just writes he just writes. He just has some peculiar kind of motifs. Yeah, and uh, it's think. something
0: that has come up on this podcast before, which is Gee's lyrical fascination with uh, the human body in general and his own body in particular. And he he just enjoys mm. writing sort of lines about the body in an uncomfortable way, mm. right? And that certainly applies here because it's not only that he uses the word. Like if you look at it in the context of the lines, it's it coprophagics, like. People who eat shit. Right. coprophagics mm. say next in line. Well, how about you? As how if, you? as if there's yeah. a line of people uh, shitting into their mouths or something. It's like it's a very yeah. strange line.
1: <laughs> it is. I mean, I suppose it's like I guess, and I, I think across the whole of this record, he. I remember. I remember when this first came out, and I remember reading the lyrics to the, the, all of these songs. And certainly, again, certainly looking at Gee's songs and be like, I just don't know what in what on earth he is writing about here like in do you like me there's that whole chunk where he's talking about um and i don't want to just regurgitate his lyrics but you know like uh an office uh, an office flaming youth group singing fireman that whole chunk where you're like i just i don't know what i mean obviously he knows what it means i don't know what it means and i don't know what i take from it um and i guess there's an element to it in this song as well where it's like it's so kind of ambiguous
0: yeah it's um
1: um and obviously it obviously means Something, well, you know, more than something to him. He knows exactly what he's talking about. But I read it and I'm like, I don't quite know what I'm taking from this. But again, there's some quite, some. the whole thing about um, uh, your teeth to grind, to grind. So, so again, he's talking about, you know, sort of fairly unpleasant kind of body things, like sort of grinding your teeth. Right.
0: Well, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, I, t- I, tell you what, this this is a, another gee <laughs> song that is a bit hard to parse. Um, I'll I'll tell you the best interpretation that that I have. Um, well, sort of two of them, and how one led me to another. Which is, at first, as best I could tell, it 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 almost seems like this is from the point of view of somebody in an insane asylum. You know, it starts okay. out talking about a list of side effects. Of some some mm. kind of medication, which, by the way, uh, the title of the album "Red Medicine," um, I think,
1: which is a which is a key title as well, I believe isn't it? I, I think. think
0: it, I, and it seems like it mostly draws from the song "Latest Disgrace," right, the, with, which has the line right. "Take your medicine," but I mean, it it resonates with this too. So so anyway, mm. right, talking about some kind of side effects of medication that uh, that. Do these terrible things to you? You there's like it talks about a room assignment, right? That what what room you have, like, and it seems like mm. a room next door to the generator that keeps you up all night and makes you grind your teeth and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, and then but then when you get to the line about the coprophagics, it 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 almost gets to the point where do you know the painter Hieronymus Bosch?
1: Uh, I know his name. Yeah. So, but beyond, <laughs> beyond that, not
0: so, much. Yeah, I mean, not I'm so I'm no much. art expert at all, but like he is most famous, I think, for his his depictions of hell, which he. Oh, all right. there They're these like insanely detailed paintings with tons of stuff going on in them, mm. uh, and, and tons of bizarre things, like really weird stuff, including like you know nudity and and um. And just sort of like various vulgar acts happening. But yeah, so when you get Mm. to that point of the song, it's almost like, uh, you know, originally I thought this was a sketch of some kind of insane asylum scene. Maybe it's a a sketch of hell, like a a view of some kind of Boshian view of hell. Uh, (laughs) Could be, I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I could, yeah, I could take that. I mean, I I could believe that. Yeah, totally. And it seems, I guess it seems to be, I guess I take from it like this whole thing about uh green in, in laying water blue. Like that's quite a sort of um oh not a pastel but a quite a sort of make that obviously makes me think of water. Um so I guess yeah I take a level of like it makes you think of um I don't know like a rock pool or something quite sort of benign and quite sort of peaceful I suppose.
0: Yeah. So actually this is a good place to um bring up on uh, social media on the on the Facebook group for this podcast a uh, friend of the show, Juntar Habetz, who is like the the resident expert on the Fugazi live series. He's he's listened to so many. Oh,
1: uh, I think I've come across this. Yeah, I think I've met him before. Yeah, yeah.
0: he's he's a previous guest on the show. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's written tons of reviews of various shows, and he pointed out uh, that uh, at the March second, nineteen ninety five gig in Baltimore, uh, "Fell Destroyed" is introduced as a song that almost ended up in the graveyard and is dubbed uh, i guess at the it's working title it's it's introduced as tonight blue green water so that's that was the original title i suppose which okay which is interesting because and that title of course gives you a much different feel you know when you get to fell destroyed that also i think resonates with if if this song is about like a vision of hell uh blue, mm. blue green water not so much
1: no no that's yeah i guess that's kind of where i yeah that's where i would sort of step away from any kind of hellish <laughs> uh visions of that but yeah no i, I guess that what you're saying makes per- yeah it makes perfect sense like i certainly buy into the whole thing of it being like an asylum and like there's lots of things that would kind of um lend itself to that like yeah next door to the generator and you know, yeah, yeah yawn yawn, you're on your face yeah all of those things yeah i take I, yeah i get that from that. totally <laughs>
0: Yeah, which, which, by the way, the the line you just referenced there—that's that's the the other reference to shit in this song. Like this song gets two of them, right? The face is born to mask the shade this. of okay. shit you're in.
1: Of course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, absolutely. Why well, he's he is po- he is poop obsessed in the song.
0: I, I guess that line is another way of saying that you just uh, talking about when somebody puts on a brave face to to hide the way they're really feeling inside and, and the suffering they're going through yeah yeah uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting way of saying it for sure
1: yeah well it's strange that's fine for me like certainly with the title for this song as well like everything else on this record up until this point is quite uh sort of i guess sort of uh, quite sort of clear-cut yeah like do you like me bed for the scraping late for the sc- and everything is quite I don't know what the word is. Everything's quite sort of straight. But then you get into Fell Destroyed. Where you're like, what? Like, what does that mean? And then the, after that, you have By You. Or Me. So for me, I'm like, both of that. I find both of those titles really kind of sort of beguiling where I'm like, I don't, I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why they're called that. I don't know why either of these songs are called that.
0: You know, you saying that just now, it reminded me of, I, like, I think I got this flash memory of when I first got that CD and I was reading the, track listing uh i was like do these two song titles do they go into each other like fell destroyed by you uh, are they yes, supposed right. to function yeah, yeah. as as one um you know from yeah. looking at the songs individually it seems like they're not uh but uh but that's just something i thought might be a possibility at the time
1: it's almost like they kind of yeah they sort of should bleed into each other. It's almost like a sentence which has been cut in half or something. Yeah. It's really it's really peculiar. And like I said, then you have Target back to base, down to city, long distance runner, and you're like, okay, again, they all seem quite uh, they're kind of you know self-explanatory. But for some reason, I get really tripped up by yeah, fell destroyed and by you. I just find those two titles, I just seem to really stick out in that kind of list of song titles. They just seem like weirdly kind of not out of place, but they just don't. They're not as clear-cut as some of the others, I guess. And I guess with Fell Destroyed, it just ties in more, uh, uh, you know, it's more of a, more, you know, as much a part of the reason that I like this song as any other, I suppose, I guess.
0: Yeah, certainly. Um, another thing that I like about the song, too, is that in, in Gee's lyrics, like, uh, viewed from just a, a rhythm and rhyme perspective, it has, it, it, this is something that I believe I observed about closed captioned, was it? But it has a real sort of hip-hop flow to the lyrics in a strange way. So, okay. uh, you know, if you just listen to two lines like, Now it's time to fake resignments room assignment next door to the generator what the Mm. fuck it is like it something about it is is it's not it's not it doesn't snap to that 4-4 rock and roll grid at all it has it has an interesting line breaking feel that uh yeah i don't i don't know has a bit of a hip-hop vibe to me
1: yeah he he, he's not rapping exactly but yeah, <laughs> it's kind of, it's sort of almost almost nudging up against well, it All the ways, I mean, not, all yeah. the
0: internal rhymes too, like whatever powers lights to burn all night, your teeth to grind to grind so fine. You know, mm. it, it's all yeah stacking up in a way that that like a, a a good rapper does those
1: sort of rhymes. Yeah, yeah, key the rapper. Yeah, right. yeah again, that's interesting. I'd never, I guess, I'd <laughs> never put that together. But yeah, that's yeah, and no, I think they're right. I agree with that. It does have a, I guess, a, yeah, a flow which is um. And I guess all of those guys were, you know, super into hip hop, and like I know that Brendan was a big Public Enemy fan, and stuff. So I guess it makes sense that they have that as an influence as well. I guess particularly, you know, he's clearly a, a, a reggae fan as well, so it makes sense. Oh that yeah, I think I think he was maybe kind of trying to go for that.
0: I think they're all big reggae fans, but yeah, it seems, it seems like they all have huge mm. pools of uh, influence to draw from, which is something I also wanted yeah. to bring up with. So <laughs> the line where, where things sort of get quiet, and he de- he delivers this falsetto don't say you did what mm. you do part you know that's yep. that's maybe the most smooth and beautiful vocal delivery in the whole fugazi canon like there's something really beautiful about that part um yeah. like something from an r&b song even maybe i i don't know
1: yeah i think the the only other example yeah the only exa- uh, kind of close example to that i can think of is um in no surprise of end hits yeah um and he goes, a, I can't remember quite a while. there's a break or something, and Guy just says, Crit- uh, critique and sell me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and he just sounds like, he sounds like the pimpist when he says that. He, just sounded, <laughs> he delivers so perfectly. And I guess, yeah, I think, yeah, no, I'd agree with that as well. I think, yeah, he, it's a very, he's a very, he's, I guess Ian was always the kind of sergeant major in terms of vocals, and Guy was always the kind of crooner, I suppose. Yeah. And he just, yeah, he croons this, he croons this moment perfectly.
0: Well, you know what? That's so true, because I was thinking about that with, um, uh, you know, that, that comes back in... um, Well, so, so he's, he does that line, don't say you did what you do, and then come on now, right? And that seems... Come on now, It yeah. seems like a call and response section of a song. It seems like if if you had never heard the song and, and I just told you that's what happened in the song, you might assume that, that Ian did the come on now part, right? It's like they yeah. often have yeah, that yeah, role yeah, totally. of trading off things, but, but but Guy does it all in this song, which is like, I wonder if... Yeah, so did, did he... Did Ian sing on this at all? I don't. I don't know because Guy also does. Um. Uh. You know when he sings, or you're sold to dying. Uh. That that yeah. line is like double or triple tracked with several voices. But I think those are also all mm. Guy, Maybe the like the low voices Ian, but I can't tell. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that's no, and that's right. another thing. It's like it, in in another song, Ian might have stepped into one of these roles. But as it is, like it's a very it's a. It's an all gi song. You can hardly tell Ian's here.
1: No, no, totally. And like yeah, I guess like I was saying earlier, even Ian's kind of very distinctive yeah. um guitar um the way he plays guitar is kind of absent from this song as well. So it almost it could almost be like a it could almost be a gee demo, almost yeah. in a in a weird way. But was- like, there's almost no <laughs> other one. No,
0: I was wondering, like, when you said Geez, like, sounds like the pimpus, That's so funny because the the come on now part, especially. I was like, well, maybe it was decided that that part needs to be delivered with swagger. And like, Ian has a mm. Ian has a lot of stuff, but he doesn't have swagger. Like, Gee has the swagger to, to do that. Come on oh, now! Oh god, totally. Yeah. You
1: know? uh, oh yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine Ian. Being a uh, sort of getting away with that, I just think he doesn't. Have, he doesn't have the crew, and I think he does. I just yeah. think, yeah, geez. So my wife has just turned up and is rolling her eyes at this <laughs> <three>. <laughs> <laughs> Um But yeah, no, it's definitely a gee. Definitely a, a gee song, and I think it's um yeah. I just don't. Maybe it's just that it wasn't an, any real room for ian on there or it just wasn't necessary he just had it covered
0: yeah uh it, anyway it it's a it's a thing that adds up to just yeah massive amounts of uh of our man Gee. um
1: yeah well he is he is a genius he is a, as he as ian once said about him he's a deeply brilliant man i agree, <laughs> I, agree. I, I agree with i'd agree too oh interestingly what the what you what you were just saying there about that line about um don't say what you do is that what it was don't
0: yeah, I think he does it a couple of different ways in this song, and in either way, mm-hmm. it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I don't know what to say no, about that lyrically.
1: It's... Well, it's just interesting because looking at the lyrics on the, uh, that line is not actually included in the in the lyrics. Oh, it's not. As I as I look at it, no, I'm just scanning through it now. No, no, I, I can't I can't see it on there. So and I wonder if there's maybe an element of like. Um, you know, improv it or something when they were recording. Yeah. Well, what I noticed it is that doesn't make it into the.
0: I, I mean, I noticed that he did not say whatever he's saying on the recording. He does not sing the same thing live, at least not all of the time. Like that. Yeah. Right. That definitely, I saw a live version where he's clearly saying, "Don't you see what you do?" And I, I don't think okay. that is exactly what he says on the recording. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. Maybe it's a little just b- bit of nonsense delivered in a beautiful way.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe as close as you know if guys can get to nonsense, I suppose. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, there <laughs> as as much as I get from a lot of the song, there are a lot of lines where I just have no idea. Like "freedom's fiction," sorry, fifteen. I mean, mm. no idea there. I'm afraid. Like,
1: <laughs> no, no at all, no at all. I'm not even sure what he means. And he says. um. Uh, time to sell the softest shoe and you're like i don't again but don't know what that means yeah
0: i mean soft shoe like as an idiom usually means like i, I don't know something that you tell somebody in in a very apologetic way to uh i, I don't know to 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 win them over maybe uh but i i don't mm-hmm. know how it applies to to the rest of the lyrics he sing so who knows
1: well actually i was listening uh, I, well, I was listening to a, a, an interview with Guy the other day, actually, and he was talking about uh, Fugazi doing a three-night run. Uh, I think a, a venue in New York is it called the Roseland Ballroom? Yeah, I don't think he's there anymore. Um, and he was talking about yeah, doing a, And it used to be, it was at one point in the whenever the '30s and '40s maybe was actually a ballroom, and you know Gene Kelly and all these people would would dance would dance there. And he was saying about how um, in the lobby. They have all of the all of the the shoes. Oh, wow. The shoes are all hung up on the wall, and that, I guess that's what that's thinking about it now. That's kind of what that makes me think of. I suppose the idea of Guy standing in the lobby looking at Jean Kelly's shoes or Grace, <laughs> one of the someone's shoes, someone's old shoes.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I, I'd never thought
1: of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's just my that's my take on it. I guess but, something else. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I would never dare try and um, be definitive about what someone's writing yeah. about because yeah. Only, only, only Guy knows in this, in this example.
0: I think something else different. Uh, the way he does it live, at least in some versions, some performances, uh, you know, in, in the recording, he's doing his whole vocals in this very low, talking tone. Uh, There's some mm. live versions where he sort of sings high instead. Um, mm. And those, I don't know, maybe because in certain situations, it would have been like inaudible for him to. Do it the way he does on the record.
1: Do you think Fogazzi live was just too loud? May- maybe, maybe that really have to really project that. I had a version actually on YouTube the other day. I was watching, um, and he said, <laughs> and he sings the song, and his vocals are so loud. Like he really, really belts it out, and it just doesn't does doesn't sound right. This song really demands that kind of like.
0: Yeah, it doesn't work for me at all the way he does that live no, sometimes. Um,
1: no, it's very peculiar because you're like, whoa, this and, and his vocal is really like. It, it very kind of um, it's like an assault almost yeah and you're like no this this song is not an assault this song is a kind of sexy you know a kind of slithery kind of um uh, yeah it doesn't it doesn't it, do, it doesn't require a lot of um, a lot of attack i don't yeah. think
0: vocally i mean i think the rest of the band they play it pretty dynamically i noticed a video where like mm. joe is playing lightly with his thumb instead of using a pick so i th- they're they're mm. trying to be Quiet in general, and I think they succeeded live at, at being a very dynamic band. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, oh, I guess on yeah. I guess on this one they got it right on the record for me at least.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because Joe Joe is a pick player, isn't he? When he um, most of the time like yeah. he does use a pick. When, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess their stuff is too. I guess would just be too fast and too sort of full on to try and play with your fingers.
0: Um. I no. I mean, as a bass player, know. you can. You can play pretty fast and aggressive with your fingers, but I don't know, maybe, I, I think maybe Joe just never sort of got into that style. There are some players who are just like, always stick with a finger style or always stick with a pick. Um, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a switch up as the situation uh, demands type of a person, but.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, I can't, I can't play the guitar without a plectrum. Like if I play, if I don't have a plectrum, it's like I've never played the guitar before. <laughs> Like I'm so reliant on it, so reliant on that bit of plastic to help me, you know, get that sound out.
0: Yeah, I've I've started to learn a bit more uh, finger style guitar recently. It's it's pretty rewarding, but mm. man, some of it's very hard.
1: It's difficult, isn't it?
0: Yeah. We can't go through the song without talking about the the sense of humor part, right? Where at the very end, yes, I have a sense of humor. Don't you sense my sense of humor? <laughs> Which. So, so that's funny because it comes, first of all, in the middle of, of the tenor saw reference, which is itself mm. a bit of a, like a funny thing to to drop into a song. Yeah, I mean, it's something that seems to address like the constant like Fugazi's reputation for being stern and humorless um, and, and sort mm. of alludes to that in a way that itself is pretty funny like you have pretty funny way to say yeah. it. and also it undercuts the seriousness of the rest of the song like the song up till that point yes. is pretty dark and disturbing but then he's like hey i have a sense of humor like don't you sense my sense mm. of humor
1: <laughs> i mean I, I do you take the eye to be him like do you do, do you think he's being self-referential i think i do in, yeah. with that with that lyric? i think so yeah i guess it's all, i mean i guess i always took it as being like uh, yeah uh, talking about you know the, them as a group because I guess they were always considered to be fairly, fairly humour uh, humourless, yeah. um, and you know, uh, very you know very serious. Um, so yeah, no, it was nice to it was nice to kind of yeah have that. I remember the first time I heard that it, that 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 kind of it's not even a, I don't know what it is that harmony or something the way that he brings that lyric in over the the what he's singing in the chorus the ring the alarm part and then he comes in and does that oh my god absolutely <laughs> destroyed me when I first heard it I was like that is just an incredible bit of 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 writing an incredible bit of um vocal like it was so great just so great yeah and um yeah the fact that they've kind of yeah he would actually sort of quite explicitly um uh, yeah address the fact that you know that i guess maybe were they were seen as being a bit dour and a bit kind of a bit a bit overly serious
0: yeah
1: and and humorless and for him to be like well actually yeah i do have a sense of humor don't you sense myself <laughs> and it kind of makes you wonder well what like where where if, where have i missed your humor then it's almost like you know it's like yeah i
0: i i'm i know of course this is not at all what happened but i like to imagine the band getting together and saying like all right guys we have this reputation that we don't have a sense of humor what can we put in one of our songs as like a, a little joke that will let people know that we have a sense of humor and them eventually landing mm. on well the funniest thing we could do is is just to say directly <laughs> yes we have a sense of humor
1: yeah, no. So I guess Ian's whole thing was always about being very direct, wasn't it? And um, and maybe not 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 muddling his message too much. And I think that's certainly something that Guy's done here as yeah. well. Um, and yeah, been very direct about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's um, yeah, very, very, um, very on the nose. Very, very, you know, very on point.
0: Something that makes me laugh a little bit also in this song, um, which I I don't know if this was. <laughs> uh it's probably not intended to be funny at all but in the beginning you know the list of side effects you will sleep forever you will never sleep again this idea of of the side effects of something being two things that are the opposite of each other reminds there's this joke uh from the the old simpsons years where there's like a list of symptoms of something that includes indecisiveness decisiveness et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> so it kind of reminds me of that i just you no, know, i think it's funny
1: yeah totally yeah
0: Anyway, <laughs> not not strictly a funny song, but uh, a couple of little things no, tickle your funny bone. It's,
1: it's, ne, it, it's never made me laugh, but it, but you know it has it has made my hair stand on end <laughs> more times than I can more times than I can remember. So, well, uh, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Well done, Figazi.
0: <laughs> if it makes your hair stand on end, I suppose that means you like it quite a bit. But uh, how much exactly? Why don't you tell me in ratings? <laughs> where I ask you, Sam Noble, to tell me, out of five stars, within the context of the Fugazi catalogue, what do you think you would give this song as a rating?
1: Ooh, the last episode I heard, uh, someone was trying to introduce the the quarter stars, um, the element of the rating system, which I, I, I couldn't jive with at all. I think, um, I, I think I, oh, it's either got to be a four or a five. I'm not quite sure which. Like I said, it's the closest I can get. To a, a favorite, um, but is it my favorite? I don't know. Do you, I know do you tell. I was five. It's a five. It's a five. <laughs> it's a five. And I think bolstered by the fact that this song ends and then by you comes in straight afterwards, which is maybe the greatest kind of one-two punch that Fagazi has. No, no. Tell you what, no. You know what? I'm going to revise what I've just said. This record fell destroyed by you. Target back to base. <laughs> For I mean, what kind of that's a you know what kind of quad whammy of um, really amazing songs is that? I mean, that's 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 hard to be. I think that's pretty hard to be. And I think given the for me the fact that it's you know it, that 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 four that four song punch is opened by fell destroyed. It's a five. It's got to be. I can't. I just that's it. It's a five. Ian. That's it.
0: I do like it. Uh, it's it's above average, I would say. But if you put me on the spot maybe i'd say three and a half maybe if i did quarter stars three three and three quarters i don't know something something like that
1: okay oh you couldn't even but you could, couldn't even bump up to four that's that's intense uh, i don't
0: know i'm trying to be tough <laughs> if there are any knocks against it it's like it's it's not as good of a live song which is like so in, in okay. yeah. integral to what fugazi is uh for me as a band on some days i'd probably call it a four um Hard, hard mm, to say. Okay. Uh, so it's it's something yeah. like that. I'm not giving a, a definitive uh, answer. I'm I'm chickening out, uh, listeners. You you get what I'm saying. You you have a you have a decent idea of how I feel about the song. It's a good one. Yeah, I, I'll leave it. At I,
1: that. I, 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 you know. And I'm not such a Fugazi fanatic that I would then, you know, that I would uh, rate every Fugazi song as a five because there are plenty of Fugazi songs that I just think are actually, I don't know if mediocre is the right word, but just fairly underwhelming songs. I think certainly some of the like some of the Margin Walker era songs where I'm like, ooh, okay, not, not. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad I wasn't, you know, doing the episode on lockdown, for example. But, um, but I think yeah, this one's a definite five. It's really high, and I think it's great. Like I said, closest I can get to a favorite.
0: Brilliant. All right. Well, uh, so, Sam, do you have any plugs Never mind what's anywhere that listeners can reach you? Any projects or anything like that that you're working on? Whatever.
1: Uh, no, no, not really. No plugs. I'm not really doing an awful lot at the moment, but yeah, like you mentioned earlier, uh, the, what's it called? The Fugazi Appreciation Society. Uh, the name changes all the time.
0: <laughs> I believe, oh yeah, I believe it's now called, this is not a Fugazi Appreciation Group. Okay. But, do you know uh, what? This
1: isn't, this is embarrassing. I should know <laughs> if you're being the admin, but let me, let me check and let me just check. <laughs> Sorry, Jared. Uh, this is not a Fugazi Appreciation Group, which is on Facebook. It's a really nice little group, a nice, you know, a nice gang of people on there and lots of, um you know not not super active but um but you know there are things going on and you know interesting conversations happening we ran a competition uh the beginning part of this year i think it was just before the curiki record came out and we had a really nice time doing that so we did, you know there are fun things happening um over on the page and um yeah like i said you know uh jared is the kind of main admin um and he's a super nice guy and um and it's yeah worth if you should you ever hear this and you're not a member I would uh, yeah I advise you to come over come and see us. but do answer the questions. <laughs> Fantastic because I, I will I, I will not let you in. Jared might but I will not <laughs> I just leave them for him. the unanswered questions. Um, but yeah I'm on, I'm on Instagram as well. My name on Instagram is Sam uh, Sam 3PO, I think it is. Uh, And I am on Facebook as well, but generally, like, I don't really, I don't really friend, I don't friend people on Facebook that I don't know. So I don't, I don't, I'm not wild about, you know, getting friend requests from people that I don't know.
0: Yeah. Heard that. Um, Yeah. I got a request from someone the other day that's like, clearly she went to high school with me because she's friends with a lot of other people who went to high school with me, but I I have no idea who she Mm. is. Awkward.
1: (laughs) No. i get i'm a bit more um i'm i guess kind of quite ruthless on facebook where i'm like if i don't know you you're not you're not you're not coming yeah. in no, that. <laughs> i'm not doing music right now but i do have a friend of mine that has something which i think is interesting would you mind if i gave that little?
0: that's highly irregular but i suppose I'll allow it under the circumstances
1: uh yeah my, my friend ed he's a like probably my oldest friend in the whole world he's such a really great guy and um and he's in the band. Him and his wife live in New York, and they have this band. They're called the Casual Sexists, and they have a record that is coming out um, at some point this year. And it would be great if people could just swing over and just have a little listen and go check it out at casualsexist.bandcamp.com. Uh, and that would be um, that would be great, and they would be really pleased to see. All right. You, so. Well,
0: that's very nice of you. Uh, so thanks on their behalf, and, and thanks for yeah. your work uh, with with that group, and of course, uh, thanks for representing england i believe you're the second guest we've had uh from the sunny british isles and my plugs as usual i have really nothing more than uh you know spread the word about the show if you get a chance recommend it to a friend whatever you can email me at fugazi a to z at gmail.com you can join also the facebook group called the alphabetical fugazi and you know talk about their uh this song other songs uh whatever comes to your mind there that has to do with the show. And I hope you'll join me for the next episode when we will be discussing five corporations. Until then, keep your eyes open.